This is CliffCentral.com. It's the appropriate song to start this show with. It's Miriam Makeba, Aluta Continua. If you don't know, it means the struggle continues. continues. I'm Pumi Mashiko and you're tuned in to Womanla. And this week's edition, and because it's still March... And because it is still the International Month for Women, on the 8th it was International Women's Day, and we're talking all about women empowerment and equality, equality in the workplace, equality in life. I saw a very interesting little statistic this morning, that if the world's population were condensed into a 100 people, and then it does all of these little, like it's an animatic, and then it does all of these little things, that 50 of them would be women, 50 of them would be men. 12 of them would be Africans. And, and it's such an interesting statistic. But at the end, it ends with a very poignant quote, I think, that then says, you know, if the world's population were only 100 people, we would all fight so much harder for equality. Um, so the struggle continues. We're still out here fighting for equality. And I think um, I'm very excited to have this conversation in this half hour, in this first half hour, we're going to be talking to the chairperson and the chief executive of Business Women, Business Women's Association of South Africa. That's a mouthful, eh, girls? <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a mouthful. And in the second half hour, you must stay tuned because we're going to be doing a musical tribute. Month, month, March is also the birthday month of Mama Africa. And that's why the show starts with her. And we're going to be doing a musical tribute in the second half hour. Thank you, ladies, for coming in. Thank, Thank you for, for taking us. the taking the time out. I know you're running around in Fazana. I know you're based in Durban. So when you're mm. in Joburg, you have like 50,000 meetings everywhere. And so taking the time to come and chat with us. But this topic is very, very, very important because you're opening nominations for Businesswoman of the Year. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I'm looking here at the winners from 1982. I didn't even know that this competition has been going on for so long. When you said it's been going on for the past 30, and I was 36 like, what? Years. Yeah. what? Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know that. It's an important competition. It's a big competition, mm. but we don't talk about it nearly enough. Who wants to go first? Remember, girls, there's only one rule here in the studio. We're having a conversation. I'm not asking all the questions. Ne? Yeah. We're just no, having a conversation. So tell me about Businesswoman of the Year. Tell me about your when is the when is the call opening? When are the nominations? The nominations have nominations? opened mm. and they're closing on the twenty second of April. And this is for the national awards. So the Business Women's Association runs uh, multiple awards programs. There's two types of awards programs that we run: the Regional Business Achiever Awards, which is run in our seven regions. Um, and the seven provinces and the um, National Business Women uh, of the Year Awards, which is held on the 26th of August or in August being Women's Month mm. in South Africa. And it's a very exciting, prestigious and wonderful platform to recognize women in South Africa who are trailblazers and outstanding leaders in their respective fields. Uh, for us, the joy and excitement. Yeah, take a breath after yeah. all of that. <laughs> mouthful. <Yeah. laughs> but OK, so. The organization is running these awards and they are for everyone? 
There are four. There's certain categories that we are running. Mm-hmm. So from a national perspective, there's six categories that we're running. We run the corporate category, the entrepreneur category, and the government category. And this year, we've introduced three new awards. Um, and these three new awards were introduced because they're relevant from an economic perspective, considering the South African context. So we're recognizing women leaders in education, um, science and innovation, and social entrepreneurship. So we're really excited. We've already started receiving nominations in the respective categories. And it is so wonderful to see the talent and women uh, within the South African context that are making great strides in business. And the great part of the awards is that we see, and we've seen over the last 35 years, how these women have grown exponentially after the awards programs due to the access they get to networks, due, the, due to the access they get from a funding perspective, and due to the credibility achieved through going through this process. And this is the thing, hey, we're always, there are so many challenges and barriers and mm. the multifaceted, and you were talking about it earlier. Fazana, you're going to have to tell me, this is my moment to finally know how I say this word. Is it more or is it now? More. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get that right. <laughs> Just my moment, no. Fazana. More, <laughs> but you were talking earlier about how this is more than just an award and recognition, but really also an opportunity to catapult a person's business. How does this award and how does the association in general help uh, women entrepreneurs and corporate? For, okay, so tell me how it helps the award, but also I want to know why the difference between corporate and entrepreneur. Okay. Um, the, how the award helps is from a perspective of giving the woman an access to be profiled firstly, uh, in the media and be profiled amongst key leaders in business in every sphere of the economic spectrum. So whether you're in, in public sector or private sector, etc. Two, you're making new friends from a networking perspective and you can't underestimate the power of networks in business. When you have the title of businesswoman of the year, BWA businesswoman of the year, it's giving you credibility in terms of your capability, your experience and how you're contributing in your respective environments. Many South African women are actually very humble. So when we normally approach them to say that, you know what, you've been nominated, they say, no, not me, not now. I'm not ready. I need to do so much more. Can you nominate yourself? If you're not the humble <laughs> type. You, <laughs> you know, so um, last week we, we, we ran, you know, the call for nominations in City Press. And um, it did then mention that people can nominate themselves. And people have then been calling to say, can't I nominate myself? You know, um, so but what we do is we then try and say, find somebody who can nominate yourself because you still need a motivation that you do oh. yourself and you still some need somebody else. So the to nomination is motivation. Yes. You can't just nominate. No. I can't just fill in a form and send no. it in. No. I must write a there's motivation. A very, there's a very strict judging process. Yeah. So you have to pull, uh, you have to put together an mm. endorsement pack. Yeah. Uh, that is normally endorsed by industry leaders or your relevant counterparts in business. Yeah. Together with the motivation, together with us analyzing your business performance. Yeah. And those that take the time to do it, sometimes they think it's onerous. It's not that onerous because the BWA does support you in terms of putting the pack together and informing you in terms of the 
requirements and how to do it. Mm. Um, even the judges uh, are, are carefully chosen because they are people that are industry leaders and influencers who, when they see potential in the people they're interviewing, they end up saying, no, we will endorse you, we will support you, we will fund you mm. um, in terms of uh, helping you grow in business. Yeah. And and we need accelerated empowerment in this country if we're going to address the issues that we face. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to encourage women out there, uh, out there, if you know women who have succeeded in business, in government, in entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, education, or science and technology, to please nominate them for our awards. I think we're going to be sharing our the email address in which you can send the <laughs> nominations or our numbers shortly. Yeah. Uh, but you will make a difference. And I'll also put it difference. up again. What's the, what's the email? What's the email? We'll do it a couple of times. Is it a long email? No, it's no. a short email. Uh, nominations. Uh, yeah, it is pm at bwasa.co.za. Oh, just pm. Like Pumi Mashoko, like but it's Pumi not Mashoko. coming to me. Yeah. But it's not coming to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so why the difference between corporate and entrepreneur? Okay. Like with, with businesswoman, you know, why why are you separating it? So the main reason for the difference between corporate and entrepreneur is entrepreneur is someone who has actually started their own business mm. and is in, involved in an entrepreneurial enterprise that they have had an idea and vision about have obtained their own funding, and they own their business. Mm. Corporate is very different, and we had to separate it because we couldn't use the same criteria for evaluation. Under corporate, you're generally earning a salary. Mm. You're not an owner of the business. And the corporate identity, you're managing a budget, Mm. um, and you're managing staff a team under that budget. And it's a similar reason why we, we look at government differently. So from a corporate perspective, the criteria is that you must be managing a budget or turnover in excess of $75 million. Entrepreneur category at national is above 35 million. And then we separated government as well because, um, government category are normally heads of departments, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, that are uh, managing governmental budgets yeah. to achieve a, 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 a separate mandate of social, economic growth or investment or contribution in their sector. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a direct profit mandate. So you, so the corporate sector of business women, if you're managing a budget of 75 million, you're not just some kind of middle manager. Like no. going up the steps. This is like serious players no. that you're looking for. Yeah. 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 And how easy is it to get the people? I mean, do you get three nominations oh. or do you get hundreds of nominations? What's wrong? You're just breathing into that I'm mic. I'm just breathing <laughs> because, um, you know, like Fazana has already said that women don't want to they are humble you know and they don't want to be celebrated because they think that they still need to achieve a lot more so it's very rare for us to get people who are saying they want to eliminate themselves even though we we have you know received a couple of phone calls but it is completely so we we actually have to go out there and proactively you know coerce people to nominate, nominate. um it's not the interesting thing is that we do have women who have made significant strides. Mm. Is it because, so, is it simply because there are not that many people there? I look at this list, and I mean, when I looked at the list, when you showed it to me, Fazana, I looked at these girls and I thought, oh, I know these people, I know yes. these people, I know these people. Mm. And then I wondered if, is it simply because there are so few that it's hard to then nominate people? And, is it not? 
If you look at it from, uh, I don't know, I was chatting to some of our international counterparts in Europe, etc. Um, the interesting thing post-democracy and because there has been a push for transformation and diversity is that in some instances we're doing better. Uh, than other third world economies and uh, some of the more progressive nations in terms of having women in leadership positions, although the re- pace of change is slow. So from a South African perspective, only 11% of CEOs or women in listed com- uh, are women in listed companies. If you're looking at directorships in listed entities, for example, you're looking at only 21% of women being directors in listed companies. Um, but if you're looking at the quantum in terms of number of, of, of directorships, there's about 500 women holding directorship positions in this country. Um, if you're looking so at the that's budgets, a lot, but what's the universe? What's yeah. the number? How mm. many people right. are Out holding? of that, there's about 4,500 directorship positions. So still, women are not... Uh, significantly representative mm-hmm. in leadership positions. That's the first thing. Um, is there a pool of women that we can uh, recognize annually? Yes, there mm-hmm. is a diverse pool of women from various fields. Um, our 2015 woman uh, corporate winner, for example, was the CEO of the Richards Bay Coal Terminal, making significant strides in the coal industry. Um, our previous winner of the entrepreneur category, for example, was Tandi Indlovo from Mateo Construction. Now, yeah. here's a woman who was a medical doctor mm. who decided to go into construction and did exceptionally well as an entrepreneur. Mm. And um, when you listen to their stories in terms of their journey to, to winning the award and how they were initially hesitant, thinking, you know what, not me, not now. Um, I don't think I'm going to be a great role model to accepting the nomination after they've received it and then going through their process. They come back to us to say, you've given me access to a network and a sisterhood sisterhood of women who is there to support me through my challenges and my successes, who's there to hold my hands and mentor me when I know that I'm facing difficult business decisions and I have to make bold steps in business because business today is not easy. You're dealing in, a, in, a, in an accelerated... I don't think business was ever easy. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time. I'm just like, I don't believe people do this. I don't know why people choose to do this. <laughs> but if I can add in for, for your listeners as well, beyond the national awards is the regional business. Let's talk awards. about the regional yeah. awards. And, and the so there are seven regions. What yeah. are the regions? So we operate in, in Durban, in Cape Town, in PE, in East London, in Zululand, in Limpopo, and in Gauteng. Okay. Right. And why I love the Regional Business Achiever Awards or what I love about the Business Women's Association is we impact women across the income band and every sphere uh, of their career journey. So at a Regional Business Achiever Awards, for example, we recognize startup entrepreneurs, people that have been in business for only one to three years that might be just be breaking even. Mm-hmm. So even the lady that might have the small nail bar or a bakery or a, 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 a small uh, a beauty shop or a small business that she's just starting out um, and maybe in consulting, but she's only just started. We, re- we recognize those pat- that particular category to almost give them an elevated uh, platform post uh, the awards program because we understand how difficult it is for them to access funding. Mm-hmm. Then you've got an entrepreneur category at a regional that looks at businesses above three years, but under 35 million turnover. So you could have from um, 500,000 right through to 35 million. 
in your turnover. And then we want to give them a bigger boost in terms of access to networks, in terms of understanding where their deficiencies rise, reside within their business. What is their core skill? What type of assistance do they require? Do they require the assistance in marketing, in finance, in, in operations, in human practices, in branding, advertising? Where do you require your assistance for, for, for business growth, access to networks? Um, and they're profiling in the media and they're profiling um, amongst funders and big businesses and the credibility they get means that they can take up an opportunity. And if I can just quickly share two very, very uh, quick stories. We had a startup entrepreneur that was making beaded jewelry. And she only had about two people working for her. And when she was nominated, didn't want to accept the award. When she actually won, phoned me to say there's no way she's speaking in public because she's not an inspirational role model. And she will <laughs> collapse and faint because I'm making her do something out of her comfort zone. Out of the six winners that morning, our startup entrepreneur was the most powerful speaker. Wow. And she subsequently went on to employ 40 people and starting and exported her beaded uh, chandeliers and jewelry to America. Now, mm. that's real empowerment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, people in the logistics sector that won the entrepreneur category said, people did not take me seriously in my industry because I'm in the transport industry of trucks. Mm. And trucking is not an easy business to break in. I'm not taking and seriously. And no one thinks trucking is for women. And no yeah. one thinks trucking is for women. So here she goes. She wins the award. She ends up running the forum that drives the logistics sector for her province. Wow. And um, what happens also is that our, we, I say we're not set up for commercial gain. So the Business Women's Association is a non-profit org- organization. So what happens through this is we call it one, accelerated empowerment, but two is that you're going to pay back what you've received. So by winning the awards and being a finalist, a lot of them come to join our regional committees or join the national board or the subcommittees. So we've got past winners on our board and subcommittees and advocacy agents to drive empowerment. So what we're going to do is create activations on having a passion for growth and development of others in people that weren't activated before or not having a forum or platform. So they come back and serve. So we continue the cycle of growth and empowerment. So I I think that's probably the best place to kind of transition into a conversation about the organization itself. So Matsapo, you're the chief executive, which means this is your everyday job. (laughs) This is or my not. daily bread. This <laughs> is my daily. This is what I wake up to every morning and I'm loving it. And what does the organization do every day? You know, you hear about the Business Women's Association and you think it's some kind of club. <laughs> you think it's some kind of, no. Are you rolling your eyes at me right now? <laughs> People can't see you, but I can. She's rolling her eyes at me. We do. You know, we kind of think Business Women's Association, is this some ladies tea club? Mm. Is this, is this a serious thing to take? Mm. You know, should I take it seriously? Should I join? Should mm. I? What does this organization do every day besides host Business Woman of the Year? Of the Year. Okay. So it, it, I mean, ideally, it's a it's a platform for the empowerment and development of women. So what we, we then do is that's why we then have the regional offices, because that's where they then do proper um, upskilling, development and empowerment of women. So we have different programs um, that we 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 deliver through through the different regions. I mean, we have networking events. We have mentorship um, programs going in. We have training and development um, in the in the in the in the regions. We also have a program that I'm very excited about that seeks to empower and develop young women, which we call Business Women of Tomorrow. That looks at you know trying to then say before you know normally we don't 
um, empower women from when they are starting in their schooling um, ages. We only then say, once you're working, once you're an entrepreneur, then we want come to, to me. Yeah, come to us. So we are then saying, introduce all these concepts when when the, 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 the girls are still at school. So there's a lot of stuff that we do, um, even from a, a, a skills development perspective and training, where we are then saying if you're a cop, if you work in corporate or you're an entrepreneur and you need to learn skills on how to do strategy, how to do marketing for your business, how to do business management, how to tip over, you know, from middle management to senior management, or how to get into management in corporate and in, in a professional um, space, this is an environment where we do that. So we have a lot of programs that we provide for women in order for us to then intervene you know in ensuring that they become successful in running their businesses and in, in their career if there's work. one thing i want to add is i think people have the perception that the bwa is only for successful women or for leaders mm. our membership actually range ranges from women that are still students at universities through true women that have just started their careers irrespective of their field through to middle management through to leadership if I have to say, I've been involved in the association for over 10 years. And when I started, it was more to say, okay, what can I learn and how can I grow as a leader? And how can I access markets and networks that I didn't otherwise have access to? And the first thing that struck me at that time with the leadership is, wow, what a passion they had for creating an environment for women to grow, develop, and prosper, irrespective of their level. It didn't matter what my title was at, the, at that time. But I had great mentors to work with uh, through the BWA family that influenced and shaped um, my own agenda as well as the people around me. And that's why I'm still here today, because you see the impact of the program. And the one Matsepo mentioned of the businesswoman of tomorrow, um, and I think the Houting one is going to be held in um, October. October, and some of the other provinces may uh, most probably going to hold it in August, is you seeing directly your impact to grade 12 learners who otherwise didn't know how to make informed career choices. Um, they come from homes where they do not know the different options that are available to them, what bursaries are available to them, how to um, apply for, for a bursary, um, how to dress for a workplace interview, how to prepare for an exams, um, how to be um, responsible in terms of um, um, their careers and in terms of life. Um, and the impact to these girls by having access to successful leaders, both men and women, uh, was most rewarding. And you, and, and you see them then not only accessing funding, but then being able to make a success of their careers. And some of the programs have been running for 16 years. But the one more I'm going to add is last year we introduced our Growing Boys to Leaders program. Mm. Well, I was going to say, is this like a girls club and is it like <laughs> no. completely closed off for other people? Mm, no. <laughs> so, 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 so I always get So that's, that is, that, that's very fascinating. Why boys to leaders? Okay. And, um, you know, the one thing is, 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 I, I, you know, I always get it from, from my male colleagues in the workplace and leaders is, you know, you, are you advocating feminism and are you, and why advocate gender parity to such an, to such an extreme in terms of having this organization and focused on empowerment and development. And some of it is education of understanding why and the relevance and why they need to buy in. 
And we're getting more male leaders understanding why they need to buy into this agenda. That's the first thing. Anybody that will listen, I'm telling them about the current book. My favorite author, African author, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, yeah. has a new book called Why Everybody Should Be a Feminist. <laughs> and it's on that basis. Why we should all be so feminists. The, the, the Boys to Men program actually also started to started by one of our male committee members because we do have men on our committees and on the board mm. and that's important to understand because we realize to truly make an impact in terms of empowerment you need the buy-in of both mm. the boys program for me was very exciting because we had boys ranging from the ages of 12 to about 17 and the perspective was i started by saying so why does a woman's organization matter just to understand from a teenage perspective why do you need empowerment of women and their perspectives um, and thinking was very interesting. What's the role of women in a home? What's the role in women in life? What's the role of women in work? Um, and, uh, you know, the one boy said, but ma'am, I need to be a bully because men are bullies. Um, and and, and men, but ma'am, but where, where's the place of, of women in the workplace? Why, why does my wife need to work? Um, and that is... Completely astounding and Neanderthal in 2015. But to have that conversation with the 17-year-old. Yeah. But the, the, the interesting thing is that by working with them, um, what we, we realize as a women's organization, if you want true empowerment, you can't just teach women to stand up for themselves. You need to teach men to understand why equal contribution in life, in society, in communities matters. To the collective benefit of all. And that's why we host the, the Boys to Bed program. So if you were to tell anybody listening today the one reason they should nominate someone, sure. what would that reason be? Because you will be directly impacting that person's life in terms of saying, one, that you acknowledge their value to their workplace and to society and to business. Two, that you're giving them access to a platform to be recognized and acknowledged for that contribution. Three, that if they're a great role model, imagine the gift you're giving to the thousands of people that will be inspired by them winning this award. And our country is in need of inspiration. Four, you're giving them a great person or a good person access to broader networks access to a broader market that they may not otherwise have had, which means they will grow exponentially in business, which will result in additional job creation and employment. What's the email address again? PM at bwasa.co.za. And is there a phone number if you don't have an email to send an email for some reason? Yeah, so <laughs> what are your social media handles? Where do people get more information about the BWA? Where do people get more information about the association's awards, the association's programs, mm. all of the beautiful and wonderful things that y'all were talking about? So we encourage mm. people to visit our website on yeah. www.bwasa.co.za. Mm. B for Barry, W for women. Mm. A. A for Africa. <laughs> S-A. South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> dot dot, co dot, co dot Yeah. And on social network? Anywhere on social networks? Facebook, if, if, Twitter? Yeah. Page. So we're we on Facebook. We're on Twitter. There's national pages and there is also, and there's uh, regional handles as well, depending on the province you're in. Mm. You may want to follow both the national and your, and your regional pro uh, province. Um, if you just search for BWASA National, 
or you search for BWA in the region, you'll find them either on Twitter or on Facebook. Mm. So if you are not in a region that's serviced by the BWA, if you're in Pumalanga, for instance, can you still nominate somebody into Gauteng or into Guazulu? For instance, can you decide that I'm, a, I'm, I'm in Pumalanga, but I really believe this particular individual deserves to be recognized? Yeah, so what we do is we do have chapter-based affiliations mm-hmm. to the closest uh, province in which we have offices. So if you just want to find out that, which office would, uh, or which region would be best suited, you can contact our head office. Fantastic. You girls are wonderful. And, uh, you know, I think just having this conversation raises so many different things in my mind. About, about the need for such an organization, but in particular about what it really means in the workplace when you are a woman that gets recognized. We take it for granted that guys mm. get like good job yes. all the time. Yeah. Guys are like, well done, good job. Every second profile you hear is, you know, it's some guy. It's Raymond Ackerman. No one ever profiles his wife. And I suppose <laughs> this is one of the reasons why, for me, this particular show was so important. So thank you very much for taking the time to come out here. And again, the details are, it's open. Nominations are open right now and they yes. close on the 22nd of April, yes. right? Close on the 22nd of April. That's for the national one. For the national one. Is yeah. there a different so timeline for regional? Yeah, there's different dates for regionals. Um, but it, all the information is, is on our on our website. Okay, girls, you heard it here first. You've got to go out there and check it out. Nominate. If you want to nominate yourself, just find somebody, even if it's your mother. Mm. Help them write the motivation yeah. for you. You can also nominate yourself. If you think you're doing a good job, as you should think you're doing a good job, definitely take the time and make it happen. Thank you, Fazana. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matsepon. Thank you for me. Always a, one, always a pleasure having you ladies on this show. It's one of the places that I definitely know I can always find information. Like when, when I had you on Fazana on the phone talking about the the survey. Mm. I think those things are always so important and these conversations are definitely ongoing conversations. So thank you and good luck with the rest of the day. Thanks for having us. As you run around Joburg. (laughs) I will. Thank you. It's her worldwide Hits most famous song and she's most famous for it. It's called the click song, but it's actually But you know, I think when she was out there in exile, nobody could quite say it, could get the clicking right. But that, my friends, is Mama Africa. And why Africans call her Mama Africa is because she was the first Africa wide star. She was in exile since 1959. She left South Africa in 1959 and wasn't allowed to come back. But she came back onto the continent in 1963 to perform at the launch of the OAU, the Organization for African Unity, which is now called the African Union and run by our very own uh, Mamanko Sazana, uh, performed in Addis Ababa. This is like amazing. On the eighth, on the fourth of this month, she would have turned 84. And she is. You know, from when she first came back in 1963, everywhere you went, everyone calls her Mama Africa. And though that song is her most famous one, she has, and the reason we love her so much is she's one of very few songbirds who've recorded in 12 African languages. Everything from Fulani and Shona and Kosa and Swahili and French and Arabic and Portuguese. She 
loved by Africans from north to south, east to west. She actually had eight African, uh, she had diplomatic passports from eight African countries and was Ghana's official delegate to the United Nations, even though she wasn't a politician. She was a mother, a grandmother, grand-grandmother, a great-grandmother by the time she died, and the only artist to participate at the continent's most important cultural festivals of the 20th century. In 1966, she performed at the World Festival of Negro Arts in Dakar. She performed at the Pan-African Festival of Algiers in 1969. In Zaire, Kinshasa in 1974, and the second World Black and African Festival of Arts and Culture in Lagos, 1977, the only artist ever to perform at all four of those. But one of the reasons she was never allowed to come back home is because she was a very big advocate for the anti-apartheid movement. When she initially, when she initially left the country and went overseas, she arrived in America and had them captivated, this gorgeous African with short hair. And in 1966, she was actually interviewed in, in a Belgian, and you can see it on YouTube, and I'm going to play you a little clip. She also used to sing and she popularized what was then called struggle songs. And she was banned here in South Africa, so all her songs were banned here in South Africa. But I'll, I'll definitely share this little five-minute clip of her singing Kauleza. And then the interview that she did in Stockholm, I think, in 1966, talking about why she loved singing the songs that she sang and why sometimes they made her sad to sing them for international audiences. Mama Miriam Makeba. Kaoleza. Kaoleza is a South African song. It comes from the township, location, reservation. Miriam. Makeba, what had the situation been for you as an entertainer if you had still been living in South Africa? Well, I I don't think there would have come anything out of it. And that's one of the reasons that I left South Africa, because there was just no scope for me as a black entertainer, in that there are places where which are reserved only for whites, uh, and white entertainers. For instance, for many years we were not allowed to drink and therefore we were not allowed to perform in um, nightclubs where liquor was being served. And those nightclubs were only open to white South Africans and not to the black people. And for a, t a time there we could perform in the theaters, but in 1958 the government passed a new uh, law that no Africans could perform in, in the cities, in any of the city halls and so forth. And that's why I left in 1959. I, I guess that in a country where so, so many people have been oppressed for such a long time, there must exist music that is especially was, bo was born because of that, against the... Oh, yes, we have many uh, so-called protest songs mm. and uh, revolutionary songs, uh, which are banned, by the way, now in South Africa. Many we used to sing in schools, for instance. There's one called Hayusizi Lom Tom Yama, 
And uh, this song used to be performed in Eisteddfods in schools, where schools used to compete. Mm. But now it's, uh, it's illegal to sing that song. And uh, many of the songs have been banned off the radios and uh, uh, all the radio stations in South Africa. And also uh, the record shops are not allowed to sell the records. My records, for instance, have been banned since 1962 in mm. South Africa. They don't sell them anymore. People who have them just have to play them privately mm. and hope that nobody uh, that shouldn't hear them hears them. And uh, even though they are banned, but there are some people who still sing them somehow, somewhere. And I sing some of them, but I find it difficult rather to sing these kind of songs when I'm working in places like uh, Burns, for instance, and also even in concerts, because I usually find that when people pay to come and hear an entertainer, they usually don't want to be reminded of the ugly things in this world. They get away to come and enjoy themselves, and they, I usually feel I shouldn't hit them on the head with the hammer. So I always try to uh, inject a little message here and there, subtly if I can, because not everybody feels the same way that I do. Not everybody feels the same way that she does. And just listening to her sweet voice, it's amazing to think that this one small woman could have been seen as, as such a threat to a huge to the huge government of the day. But the, the most interesting things about her, you know, you hear all sorts of amazing stories about Miriam Makeba and, and in her later life when she did eventually come home to South Africa. And my favorite of all the stories about Miriam Makeba was actually the fact that she was married to Hugh Masigela. It's one of my favorite stories and that she was married to a Black Panther, Stokely Carmichael, one of my favorite stories. Um, but I, I, I met her once and she was so magnificent and such an incredible presence because she was a star and she knew it and she wasn't going to let anybody kind of treat her as as a half-hearted and then much later we, when we grew up Miriam Makeba was like Nelson Mandela you never ever you didn't know who these people are you couldn't see pictures of these people sometimes you could hear the music somewhere in the background but it was always hushed tones that adults you know they're having a grown people's conversations is you hear this music and you hear about these people and when Eventually, I grew up and got to find out about her and learned about her. It was always so astounding to know that this woman who started her life out in prison because her mother was imprisoned and when she was 18 days old, her mother was sentenced for being a Shabin queen or selling illegal beer or something, whatever Africans did all the ways back then that was illegal, whatever other thing that African women were doing that was illegal. But she started out her life as a prison baby and lived with her mother and was actually in prison with her mother for six months of her life. And when she grew up um, and her father died, her mother actually sent her to live with her grandmother. And one of the first jobs she ever had was being a domestic worker. So when you hear your domestic worker singing, just think about the fact that, you know, there could be an amazing career out there waiting for her because that's all that she knew. And because Miriam Makeba was so amazing and sang in so many languages um, and met so many people all over the world, she is 
a Grammy Grammy Award winning artist. She won a Grammy with her uh, then husband, I think, Harry Belafonte, for in one of the most famous songs that they sang together and was on their album An Evening with Harry Belafonte and Miriam Makeba which is also the name of one of South Africa's favorite songbirds, current songbirds, Tandy Swamazwai's daughter is this one. Oh, the beautiful angel. This is possibly one of the most famous songs in Swahili all over Africa. And she definitely made this beautiful love song to a daughter. One of the most famous songs definitely coming. It's from 1945 and that came out of Tanzania. Tanzania. And just to hear her sing in that Swahili, you know that she could only be Mama Africa. And then... My last song to say goodbye is, I think, one of the most enduring love songs that she has ever sang with that angelic voice of hers. And this is Meet Me at the River. This is CliffCentral.com.